Hey, Google, play In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. All right, playing the latest episode of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So then Ethan, get them tigers to screech and I beat them Checkered flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the marbles we're in the marbles uh, We're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 18 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan, and you can follow me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan. This is episode 18, I know good and well <laughs> who you're going to say. For a driver of number 18 car. Bobby Labonte. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I, Bobby never even crossed my mind, honestly. Who now I'm more interested. Obviously, my driver's Kyle Bush. Who was your number 18? Well, my first 18 that I remember when I was a kid was Dale Jarrett. Yeah, Jarrett. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Yep. The old interstate batteries car. The old is, Lumina. Is that like the first person or first driver that comes to your mind when you think of the number 18? No, it's Kyle Bush. Okay, I, I figured. I figured both of ours would be Kyle Bush. Now, I mean, Bobby Labonte, he drove it for years and won a championship, and he yep. was one of my favorite drivers when that, that whole deal happened. When Dale Jarrett left the 18, I guess I was just a fan of the 18 in general, but then it fell on some hard times after Bobby yeah. Labonte. So. Yeah, J.J. Ely. I saw a picture of uh, Bobby Labonte in the FedEx car the other day, FedEx number 18. I thought that was weird. Yeah, he uh, but, he drove it at Charlotte in 2006 where he almost, like, he had that really close finish with Jimmy Johnson. I remember that now. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, I love that paint scheme on the 18. So be patient with my audio. You're going to hear a dog walking around and doing <laughs> stuff in the background. He's just... He's busy this morning. That's just how it's going to be. How's your week been, man? Man, it's it, you know what? I can't complain because if I if I did complain, it would do absolutely nothing. So you know, it's been uh, it's been interesting for sure. <laughs> how about yours? Pretty good, pretty good. We're gonna spend a little birthday time with uh, my wife this weekend coming up at a uh, condo in Orange Beach. Ooh! So that's something that we did months ago. Nice, but uh. Yeah, as far as the week, though, though, it's been pretty good. I found that uh, that new Macho Man Ultimate Edition at Target. The the NWO Macho Man. I didn't know that was a thing until I saw it on your Twitter. I had it pre-ordered, but when you find the Target stuff in stores before the pre-order hits, you cancel pre-order, right? So Yeah, might as well. And that Hulk Hogan went back up for order that I was talking about last week. Oh, yeah. On Amazon. I went back and forth on getting it or not. I got it, canceled it, and I wanted to just getting it again. Just I'm I'm so torn on it, but at the same time, I don't want to completely miss out on it. Right. I did wait a year for it, after all. And yeah. you got cars last week. I got a car this week. Really? I got the um, 200th win Richard Petty uh, Pontiac Grand Prix. Yes. Race how, win. How is it? Is it everything that you wished it was going now, to be? 
granted it's 164 scale so you know you look at it and you're like okay well, it's not an elite die cast and i don't think they made an elite of this anyway i think the, no. the thing was like 80 bucks yeah. right something like that so i tend to just stick with 164 scale just because they're cheaper easier to put around the house and display and stuff right <laughs> exactly less shelf space a lot less shelf space oh i like it the uh they, they got some real shiny chrome on the bumpers because they had that on the cars back then Mm-hmm. like real chrome bumpers uh one of the wheels is actually black and there's three of them that are silver really i'm guessing i didn't never i never nearly noticed that but i'm positive that's how this was knowing these guys knowing lionel racing yeah i'm guessing sure. they had to borrow a tire or something i have no idea got the donut mark on the right side mm-hmm. it's just excellent this is last win yeah i'm i'm actually really tempted to track down the 124 scale uh you know whenever next time i have like yeah extra extra money uh i mean i kind of want the the last career win for jimmy johnson dale earnhardt and richard petty and just kind of make like a shrine of like seven time champions and stuff and um yeah after seeing your uh tweet about that 164 scale i was like man i have to i have to find out 24 100 or one six. 124 scale my goodness i have the earnhardt one somewhere it's not the lionel racing one it's like one of the early ones like when they when it happened oh. um i think it's out in my shed because i have a box full of missing die casts somewhere and i think it's buried in my shed somewhere from when i moved really? last i should have some pretty good stuff out there like old rusty wallace miller cars and i'm pretty sure i still have my smoking joe's hut strickland car i mean Wait. i think i've got a lot of a lot of junk out there are you saying that you have a 124 scale Dale Earnhardt race version? No, 164 scale. 164. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That makes more sense. I didn't know they made the 164 scale. They did. They had the donuts all down the side of it, and oh, it was nice. it was the one where they they it was like the first race with that new package. I mm-hmm. think at that point yeah. where they had the wicker across the top of it, and it was a no bull race, so that was bright orange, and so was the spoiler, and I think some uh I think the bumper was bright orange, the front bumper. Yeah, I'm wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, they um they made a one sixty four scale. I think it was action that made this and it's I think it's in one of these little plastic cases that I love how you can easily open and, and store away boxes with these die casts and stuff. It isn't like a, a wrestler or something where you rip the box and away and it's trash. Right. You know, even back then when you had the blister packs, action did blister packs a little different. They had a clamshell where you could pop and there was nothing sealing it. It would just pop open, pop right. open, and there'd be a paper in there that that was the background, the actual decoration of the, the the piece. And you could pop out the little plastic piece that the car fits in, and you could have the car displayed any way you want to. And if you want to put it back in there and hang on the wall, just put it back in there and hang on the wall. Absolutely. I loved it back then. I mean, the ones you see at Walmart, you can't do that. But right. the action always did that. And I loved it. So this past weekend, we had another interesting race. Um, I thought it was a really good race. I got to watch it from the pool. I thought it was really good. What do you think about Richmond? So I went to try to watch the um, full version replay on YouTube, and they haven't put it up yet. Mm. Um, I, I got about 50 laps in to uh, earlier this year when they went to Richmond. And uh, I, I don't know. I finally caught on when Kurt Busch had issues and and mike joy kept on referring to him as kurt bush and i was like that's not <laughs> kurt bush that's ty gibbs and uh yeah so i <laughs> i got 50 laps in and i was like oh, okay well i don't really want to necessarily watch this so i i uh, watched the 13 minute replay um, yeah so i wasn't able to watch it you know live you know but uh i mean it seemed pretty interesting we had some storylines we had some things to talk about moving forward so yeah really excited about it i i was uh i was into it 
the race, first off, my favorite driver led the whole first part of it. Yeah. You know, and I love that. And Hamlin tried his best to chase him down at the end of it, and he couldn't do it. Then he just straight up outdrove Hamlin. I love that when he beats Hamlin. I love it. When he outdrives Hamlin, I love it. Just yeah, it's my favorite time of the whole race. Uh, then he started having some handling issues, and you picked him, by the way. You did pick Ross Chastain. I did. Yeah, I really thought I was going to add that that race version diecast to my to my collection because that's what I said. If I ever get a pick that actually wins in our little <laughs> league that we have, I would buy it. Oof, glad he did not win. <laughs> We had uh, several storylines going. So Ty Gibbs was in the car again for Kurt Busch. Yes. I have not heard anything about Kurt this week so far as of Tuesday. I have uh, not he's, either. He's on the entry list at Watkins Glen, but I think that's more just the car, and he's the primary driver. Yeah, exactly. You know, so we'll see how it goes. This is only Tuesday while we record. Ty Gibbs subbing for the for Kurt Busch in the 45. He... Uh, Kind of cut down on Kyle Busch at one point in stage two, uh, going into turn one. Kyle, yeah, he he stuck his nose down there, maybe a little late, but I mean, at the same time, you you expect a 19 year old driver to say, "Oh, here he comes, and let's get out of the way," especially since it's you know your granddad's car he's driving. Right. Ty Gibbs didn't let him have it. No, he come he down. Not. He says, uh, "This is my spot." So he come down, and Kyle Busch bumped him, yeah. knocked him right off the bottom line. I was like, "Wow, that's that's interesting." And then they come back. And Ty Gibbs had fire in his eyes. Yes, he you did. Could see it when he was coming down the back straightaway. He flew in the turn three. Used Kyle Busch's rear bumper as his brake pedal. Yeah. Knocked him right back out of the line. And Ty Gibbs went on by Kyle Busch. Man, Ty Gibbs is showing something. Yes, he is. <laughs> that's I mean, that's why he's my second all-time favorite race car driver. I, I wish it wasn't directed towards Kyle Busch. But I don't think Kyle Busch cared though. I don't think I don't think Ty Gibbs cared either. You know, I know they're really good friends off the racetrack. Like I think Ty Gibbs said something about how Kyle Busch is giving him advice. You know, about like his uh, his attitude and his aggression. You know, he wants him to stop flipping people off and stuff like that. So, um, really, you know, I think they're pretty close outside of the racetrack. But you know, when they're when they're strapped in, it's it's a whole nother. It's a whole nother uh, situation. See, what I'm saying is I don't think he, he cared that Kyle Bush, or Ty Gibbs did that to him because at at some point you're like, well, good for him. You know, I bumped him, knocked him out of the way, and he come back and bumped me. He didn't wreck me. He just bumped me and got his spot back. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. You know I mean? It's a young driver that you're semi-mentoring in a way. Right. The chances are he's going to be taking your ride next year anyway. Right. It's, it's an interesting dynamic. Kyle Bush seems to have those those interesting on track dynamics with cars and drivers that he's going to have replacing him, mm. you know, or maybe his old car because he kind of did that with Dale Jr. a couple of times too. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, I think, it, I think it's one of those. Do you want to? No, it's fine. It's okay. Fine. He's playing with a little rubber banana thing over here and he's growling at it. Uh, um, I don't know. I think it might've been one of those, like, you know, after Ty got back into Kyle to get the spot back. Kyle might have just been like, "All right, cool, all right, well, I see you. Mm -hmm. All right, go do your thing." Then you know, like kind of what you're saying. I don't think he really. I don't think it was on his radar. I don't think he was super upset about it or anything like that. So uh, we also had a another incident that happened yeah, that between good. our favorite drivers. Yeah, sure um, did. I don't feel the way Kyle Busch does. I feel it was more racing incident than getting chastained or whatever he said it was. Yeah, I feel because if you watch. 
Okay, what happened is uh, Ty Gibbs was uh, not Ty Gibbs. Ty Dillon was on the inside of Ross Chastain. He was it, they were in like a three wide situation. Chastain was kind of in the middle. Well, Chastain wound up clearing Ty Dillon in the three, but he left that lane open, and people are kind of running all over the track anyway. So mm-hmm. it isn't that uncommon for somebody to run a middle lane through the corner in this race. Right. But he left that bottom lane open. He didn't come up the track. He stayed right there in his middle lane. But could he have come down the track some? Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. But he left the bottom lane open because Ty Dillon was just there. I mean, I don't know if his spotter said, you know, didn't say clear or if uh, he just ex- he just wanted to continue to run the lane he was running. One of the two. He could yeah. have come down, yes, but he just ran his lane. And I feel like Kyle expected him to come down a little bit more, and he didn't. So Kyle came down about a about a full lane if you watch the lines that he's crossing through the corner because you can see he starts up on the uh, outside of these white stripes and he ends up with almost this entire car on the inside of the white stripe when he cut off the nose of Chastain. I don't feel like Chastain was being overly aggressive. I don't feel like Kyle was being mean or aggressive or anything like that. I just think that was just something that happened. I I agree with you. I don't think i mean the way i saw it i didn't see him coming down a complete lane what i saw was kyle was trying to somewhat diamond the yeah. corner yeah. um i don't know if kyle bush i don't think kyle bush knew ty Dillon was down there um so maybe it was a situation where kyle thought okay well i'm gonna diamond this corner he should know because everybody was doing the exact same thing kyle bush was doing all race long like, i mean just in that 13 minute clip i had i had a paper that i actually don't have with me i had like lap five it was uh, 22 did it um i saw larson do it uh the nine did it you know uh truex did it i think bj mcleod did it (laughs) like everybody was just doing it and that's just how you race the racetrack excuse me i don't think um i think we should just chop it up to uh racing incident but Mm -hmm. you know at our weekly rowdy bush fan club meeting that i am a president of um we do have to continue on saying that he got chastained um that's just that's just rule of it you know kyle bush whatever kyle bush says kyle bush goes you know no i'm just kidding um i will start i will continue saying that he got chastained just because i know it kind of bothers people and it and that makes me smile a little bit (laughs) but no i to be completely honest um all kidding aside, I don't think it was as big of an issue as what Kyle Busch thinks it was. And I don't even think yeah. Kyle Busch thinks it was like that big of an issue because I feel like if, if he wanted to continue trying to make a point, he would have continued, you know, this little argument thing. All he said was, yeah, we got chastained. Um, and then just kind of like, he's just whatever, you know, he came back to finish ninth, you know. I don't know. I think it's Chastain might have been able to kind of, you know, get off the throttle a little bit. But I mean, at that point, it was so things happened so fast. I don't. Everybody think... was on top of each other. Yeah, I mean, everybody was. It was like uh, what a lap or two after a restart. Yeah. So yeah, everybody was diamonding the corners. You're right. Not everybody was doing out in the outside of a three wide, mm-hmm. which right. makes me think Kyle Busch didn't realize that he was on the outside of a three wide. Right. Exactly. Like like you're saying. Yeah. So the winner, Kevin Harvick. Kevin okay. Harvick. Just I mean, literally three weeks ago, you said this dude is old. <laughs> and he cannot win anymore. He won't yeah. win anymore. He's just, yeah. he's old. He's washed up. He needs to go away. Yeah. And then he rattles off two wins in a row, and he is straight up a championship contender now. Uh, you know, he definitely is. Um, <laughs> he must be listening to In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. No, I, you know, I still, what I'm, I didn't want it to come off as like he 
can't win anymore. Like that's not what I was going for. What I was more saying was like about his age. You know, mm-hmm. like, he's getting up there, NASCAR. You know, you get into the the late forties, early fifties, and like something just happens. Jimmy Johnson, primary you know example, seven time champion. He couldn't do nothing for anything. Uh, the last what five? No, not five years, but probably the last two, three years. Like man, of his NASCAR career, he just didn't do anything. Um, so that's kind of what I was, there's a lot of theories about what happened with Jimmy Johnson though. There's, there's, there's like, he had a wreck that I forget exactly where that was, but he had a wreck that gave him a concussion. And ever since then he was never able to win again. Right. And that, I mean, that was like the last couple of years of his career. He would just go out there and ride. He just, he, and then he would randomly crash on his own a lot. Yeah, I did. There, there's a lot of theories about what exactly happened with Jimmy Johnson, but anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah, exactly. But like you know, Kevin Harvick is absolutely one of the best of all time when it comes to NASCAR uh, Cup Series. Um, obviously, the, you know, re- being the, the kind of quote unquote replacement for Dale Earnhardt had a lot of you know he's had an, an illustrious career in NASCAR and in the Cup Series. He can still do it. And he can still go win this championship, but it doesn't change my mindset that he's definitely getting older. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Kyle Busch said this past week that he probably has eight to nine more years. Um, He wants to wait until Brexton Bush, his son, gets up there um, at least 16 so he can race in the same or share a ride with his son. Um, I think that'd be cool to see them race against each other. But then he said, as soon as Brexton turns 18, like it's his. You know, I don't know if that means KBM as a whole is his or like just the one of the rides are his. Um, I've, oof, I wouldn't want to give an 18 year old kid, you know, full control over my company, you know, but I'm pretty sure he just meant the truck. Yeah, I think I think that's what he meant, too. So, you know, I mean, he tied Kyle Busch for ninth of all time cup wins. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see Kevin Harvick win. The playoffs bring up a really really interesting dynamic. Yes, when it comes to racing, because Kevin Harvick has been very mediocre all year long, and all of a sudden he's got it figured out at the in the at the end of these races right now. Which I mean, he's always done that. His whole career is made up of winning races at the three and a half hour mark instead of the one hour mark. Right, exactly. Like if these races were all two hours long, he'd never win a race because every single one of them he's won, he wins them right there at the end of it because he's no usually not up the front until the very end of. It. That's why they call him the closer. Right. All of a sudden, here he is. Four weeks, you know, four weeks out, he's won a race. Three weeks out, he's won two races. Yeah. We are two weeks away from the playoffs, and now he has momentum. He has some serious things going his way. He does this a couple of times in the in the playoffs. He's in the final four. Yeah. I mean, two wins and. Like, I guess it's three wins, technically three wins. And you're automatically like jumped up each round, right? Yeah. Like one round one. If you win one of those three races, you're automatically in round two round two. You win one of those three races. You're automatically in round three round three. You win one of those and you're in championship. And all of a sudden he's got some serious momentum. And now people's got to pay attention to him. I mean, the last two weeks, it was like, he's not a contender. He's not even in, he's not even going to make it. Right. He's not going to win a race. And all of a sudden, Oh, two wins, you want races. I mean, two races left for the playoffs. He's, he's, he's there. Here's my hot shoot for, for today. Kevin Harvick will not win a race during the playoffs this, this season. I can't say that. I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to be like first, to, you know, he's not going to get eliminated right out of the, you know, out of state or what 
uh, round 16 or something. Mm-hmm. No, like he's going to go farther, but like I don't think he's going to win during the playoffs. I don't know why. We should know. do that each round. Pick the ones that are going to get eliminated. All right, cool. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be yeah. fun. Yeah, that'd be an interesting topic. Because usually somebody has some bad luck. If Chastain mm-hmm. don't get something turned around, he's going to be eliminated the first three races. He's had some serious bad luck the last few races. Couldn't happen to a nice guy. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> so that's interesting. That's that's really interesting. Everything is happening with the playoffs. Um, yeah. We're going to try our best not to go an hour and a half today. Yes. Oh, and Lord. we have some questions. Oh, okay. Let's go ahead and jump into some questions here. Uh, all from Tales from the Estate again. And see, we're caught up. So now we're getting like the current questions. These just came Perfect. out on their last episode. So I actually have not listened to the latest episode yet. Um, I will be doing actually after this recording. So I don't know what these questions are. But before we get into it, <laughs> oh, this rowdy energy, I'll tell you what. I got my rowdy energy hat. got my rowdy energy drink. Uh, I'm ready for some questions. Let's do this. Well, I mean... You waited us about halfway through the episode before you did that. <laughs> I know. I know. I was I was looking for like a spot to like jump in real fast, but I... uh from Caitlin. This one might be a little difficult right off the top of your head, but I have one right off the top of my head because it's Uh-oh. one of the most iconic ones that I can think of. Who has done the best burnouts after a win? Oh, easy. Easy money, baby. That's uh that'd be Ty Gibbs. No. <laughs> I think Ty Gibbs. I, I would say Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs, Kyle Larson, or um, oh, what's his name? Noah Gregson. I would say Kevin Harvick. Oh, well, he has awesome burnouts for he sure. He does. The one of the most iconic burnouts in NASCAR history came after he won his first race. And oh, that white, yeah. That white 29 with the pink numbers. That's the only thing that ever pops in my head when I hear a NASCAR burnout together. That mm-hmm. is the image. That is a NASCAR burnout to me. So I say, we talked about Kevin Harvick earlier. We I say Kevin Harvick again. Yeah. All right. Well, you can't, you know, I mean, that's a really good question. And you know what? Every time Caitlin, like every time she, she gives us a question, I get so scared. Because like there's such good questions i'm just like oh man i don't want to mess this up well and they're they're interesting too because it's coming from somebody who's not a diehard nascar fan yeah you know somebody who's kind of peripheral for peripheral peripheral yeah that word yeah following the sport with somebody else who is just jumping back into it you know so you have like a you have an interesting dynamic when you're trying to come up with questions and you're looking at it from an outsider's point of view, so to speak, which I love questions from outsider's point of view, for one, because you Absolutely. get to teach somebody something, maybe, yes. if they're asking the, what you know the right kind of thing. But also, they throw these things out here. I've never thought about who did the best burnout. Yeah, I never even thought about it. <laughs> but all of a sudden, it popped in my head. It's like, well, the one, the one I can think of is Kevin Harvick. Now, it's, hang on. Let me, was the question, was her question like the best burnout of all time or like just in general, who does the best, who does the best burnouts is who okay. has done the best burnouts after a win. It's just gotcha. general who does really good burnouts. I, th- I cause I was going to say Kyle Bush, 2021 Kansas, because out of all the races that I've actually been to, that's the only burnout that I actually remember happening. Hmm. I don't remember if I don't think he might've done like a small little burnout celebration at the uh, Bristol night race in 2017. I don't remember, but like I know like most of the truck series and Xfinity races. Oh, Ty Gibbs, he burned it down at a, an ARCA race in Kansas. Anyways, so <laughs> I'll um, stop talking. <laughs> we had a uh, funny little burnout thing happen at the uh, 
at a Talladega race that we went to. It was just, this was one that I had a uh, broke foot and I, we got front row tickets because we didn't have to, you know, constantly climb up and down the steps all the time. I, I mean, it, I guess we did, but it was more handicap accessible Sure. at that, at that area right there because I really couldn't have a whole lot of people in front of me. And we got to see uh, Dale Jarrett's last win at Talladega. Awesome. And it happened with a big uh, crash. Like, so they threw a caution and he just happened to be in the lead right there at that exact moment. He wasn't going to win the race. Right. But he was up front right that last moment and he just got pulled right out into the lead just for a sec. And then the caution came out. So it's funny. Everybody, everybody around us were looking at each other. It's like, Dale Jarrett won. Everybody's like, mm-hmm. Dale Jarrett won? Hey, Dale Jarrett won. Yeah, yeah, we're good with that. Yeah. So everybody's cheering. It's like, okay. Nobody was cheering for Dale Jarrett, but I was like, I think we might have seen Dale Jarrett's last win. Yeah. Like it's just possibly we could have seen that. But just like just like we watched Kevin Harvick's last win <laughs> for the season two this past weekend. We were sitting at the star finish line. Dale Jarrett come around there to us, right in front of us, and he got out and got the flag and all that kind of stuff. And there was a there was a crash that caused that caution. Mm. So here come Kyle Petty. Right. And his car, I think it was a, it was a blue, I was want to say it was a blue 45, but I could be wrong. Where, I mean, it was crab walking down the straightaway. Like yeah. he's just, he's hobbling at 25 miles an hour, just hobbling, crab walking, smokes everywhere. Dale Jarrett's sitting here, stopped at the, at the start finish line, you know, celebrating. And here comes Kyle. Kyle crosses that finish line, wanting to finish the daggum race and spins it out immediately, like revs it up as high as he can, spins it out and shuts it off. Kyle Petty is a waste of right. space. <laughs> right. Right in front of us all, right by Dale Jarrett. We all cheered the crap out of that. We thought that was hilarious. That's awesome. But, I mean, it was a funny little moment right there in front of us at the end of the race. It made me think about that when we talk about burnouts. Because that, that wasn't really a burnout, but it was funny. Uh, here's a video game question. Oh, a video and game question. I have a little bit of breaking news about NASCAR Heat. Oh, okay. Do you know where I'm going with this? I have no idea. Awesome. Okay. From Drew, do you stick to just NASCAR video games or do you like other racing video games? Oh, that's simple. I only race NASCAR video games. I can't do Need for Speed. I can't do For For Forza. Um, I tried so actually, uh correct me if I'm wrong, Soda. There for a while, I I don't think there was a NASCAR game for like uh for a while, for like about three or five years. And was it like Forza had NASCAR race cars in their video games, but on like street course racetracks. So when there wasn't like an actual up-to-date NASCAR video game, I actually played that one and I just bought the the little add-ons and I unlocked all the race, the NASCAR race cars. And I just kind of pretended, but no, I only race NASCAR race video games. Yeah. There's been a couple, there was a gap there after EA sports before somebody else picked up the license. Yeah. 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 There was a couple of years there where I think not only fours, I think Gran Turismo had it too, because hmm. fours is an Xbox property. And Gran Turismo is the PlayStation property. And it's just, it's a very similar style game. I mean, you have preferences to which one you like more, but they're really similar in how you get realistic cars with realistic handling on real tracks or maybe even fancy tracks or street courses around the whole world. Mm -hmm. It's a very similar setup. I think Gran Turismo has some of that too, but they were all blank, you know, like just, just blank test cars kind of thing. You know, like you couldn't really design anything on them at that point. You were just driving like a blank red test car or blank blue test car stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah you're right there was a there was a little piece of time right there that did not have any nascar games yeah and, and i was very um, very bored <laughs> i've always kind of raced more than just the nascar stuff mm-hmm. like the first racing game i really remember liking 
was a Nintendo game called Ivan Stewart's Off-Road Racing. It was an off-road truck racing game. I have never heard that before in my life. It's It was more prominent, I think, in the arcades. Oh, it had okay. a stand-up machine and it had three steering wheels a red a yellow and a blue huh so it was a three-player arcade game and the fourth player was a silver truck on the game itself it was ivan stewart and he was he would just whoop your tail yeah and you know you had to constantly keep upgrading your stuff just so you could keep up with them and uh they ported that to nintendo and it's so much fun i it's mindless fun there's like little three or four lap races on all sorts of different tracks and then some tracks you go reverse on and it's fun. It's just, it's not complicated. You boost up three things as you go with your winnings and, you know, keep winning. And if you finish last too many times, you're out. Have to start all over. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, it's a fun little game. But um, yeah, ever since, I want to say that was the first non-NASCAR game I really got into. And then from then on, I had one on Sega called Andretti Racing, where I think it was a Mario Andretti Racing game. But it also had one NASCAR driver on there, which was Jeff Odine. It had the number seven QVC car. And the rest of them were all generic. Like, you had the Mario Andretti Indy cars. It had three three classes. It had midget cars, dirt midget cars on Sega Genesis. That's wild to think. I, I've never heard of that ever except for in that, in that game. And you had the Indy cars and you had the stock cars. I mean, it drove fine. I, I raced it all, all the time. Right now, skipping ahead, I'm not going through every single generation. Right now, skipping ahead... I'm playing Wreckfest. Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's that's so much fun. It's so much fun. And cool. uh, Gran Turismo 7 is really customizable with the uh, cars and stuff, and I like that. I've made all my old dirt track cars in the game using my font and everything, too. I've, I have I posted a picture on, on Twitter. I saw the picture. I didn't know... I didn't know like why you were posting that or I didn't read the conversation mm -hmm. or the thread, but uh, I actually looked at those pictures and I was like, man, that's so cool. And I was like, I wonder what video game he's, he's playing that on. Um, that video game that you're playing that on, is it like oval racing? There's some ovals in it. You really? can race the, the one big oval that you would know is Daytona. Really? Yeah. You can race on Daytona. Um, you can race on that and the road course. There's road courses all over the world with it, including the uh, Suzuka Japan course that NASCAR ran on back in 96. Interesting. And um, there's some fantasy ovals around. There's not a lot of them. I want to say there's maybe three or four of the whole game, and everything else is road courses and street courses and things like that. Yeah. Uh, typical. They don't think, you know, if, you, if you're not a NASCAR fan, you're not going to want ovals is what they think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've even changed it from that car i've even changed that car up because uh that's an older picture i've actually uploaded i created something in photoshop with the font that i used on my original race cars and i created my decal in the right color and everything and i uploaded it onto gran turismo servers and i downloaded in the game so now all my cars in the games have the real font that i use called honda mm. it's the, the actual font if you look it up and download it, it's called itc honda really and that's what I used. I, I used that, and I slant all the numbers forward all the time. That's just what I did. Nice. Probably my favorite racing game of all time is from PlayStation 2, Test Drive Eve of Destruction. I don't know it's, what that is. It's kind of like a Wreckfest game, kind of oh. like that, except it's pre predominantly ovals and figure eights. It's predominantly that. There's not a whole lot of road courses and stuff like that. It's Saturday Night Racing is what it is. I mean, it is like the main storyline of the car, of the car, the main storyline of the game is you're like a teenager or whatever. You just graduated high school, whatever. You want to race. Your grandma gave you a car for 500 bucks. It's a little hatchback car. Go race. 
Yeah. That's it. And you're entering all these little events and you got actual, you got actual races. You have uh, the flagpole races, you have trailer races, you have demolition derbies. You have so much stuff in this game. And me and my brother wore the disc out playing it. And that game actually goes for a decent little amount of money right now because it's one of the better games that they still haven't uploaded digitally to the archives on the P on PlayStation network or the Xbox network. Hmm, awesome. I wish they would though. I'd look that game up if I were you. Go check out some old footage of that. That's, that's pretty cool. Test Drive, Eve of Destruction. I'll have to check it out for sure. And that's going to put us into a little bit of current video game news. Okay. There's a rumor going around, right? Yeah. NASCAR Heat 5 is going to get a next-gen update. What? Yes. What do you mean? It's going to have an, a DLC come out. Like, probably 20 30 bucks, something like that. The NASCAR Heat 5, the old game, not the new Ignition game. The old game is going to get a 2022 season next-gen car and paint job update. What do you think um, about that? I don't think that's true. It's a rumor. Yeah, I don't think that's true um, because the people, I think it's motorsports or something. Um, whoever created NASCAR Heat 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, uh, they're not, they don't have the NASCAR license anymore. They, uh, whoever, and I can't think of the company's name, but uh, NASCAR Ignition, who who made that game? I think it's the same people, man. It's not the same people. Um, I, so I think it is. I'm because gonna have it to... sure sounds like it is because they're, NASCAR Heat's making a new Switch game. They're, they're making a Nintendo Switch game, and mm. it's going to have the 2022 cars on there, which Ignition doesn't even have 2022 cars. It has one test car, I think, but that's it. And the thing is, because it was put in an email or a post, it wasn't an email, it was like a post, saying uh, that they were potentially, at, with the Switch game, they were going to potentially take that coding and create a NASCAR Heat 5 update. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a prominent rumor. This isn't just something I'm just pulling out, you know, back of my head here. Because of the way that everything was worded. It's a big maybe, it's a big possibly, but it's still a possibly. So not to like take over or anything um so nascar heat series was made by 704 gaming or 704 games mm -hmm. uh, nascar Igni 21 ignition was made by motorsports gaming complete uh, two completely different de developers and now i'm reading that the, the publisher ceo whatever his name is i cannot pronounce it has hinted that there's an older nascar heat title that may receive a 2022 season dlc along with heat mobile uh nascar 21 ignition and a new switch game so i mean i see the mm -hmm. rumors i just don't know i don't i would love for that to happen are you kidding me that would be fantastic, and I would be here for it. I'm so well, excited about that, but I don't think it's going to happen. This is the dynamics of it all. Somebody, uh, one of those people I watch on YouTube, um, they they pulled an active screenshot at that moment on uh, the PC where you could see how many how many players were playing NASCAR Ignition at that exact moment or mm -hmm. that day or something like that. Yeah. And it was minuscule. Right. It was like 100 something. Oh, my. Yeah, it was nothing. They pulled up a screenshot from that exact same time for NASCAR Heat 5, and it was easily six, seven times more. I was one of them. <laughs> you know, there's money there, and I don't think it's as... I don't know. The way it sounds, because you have Heat 5, and you have Heat going on one console, and mobile games and stuff like that, but then there's Ignition over here. I don't think it's as cut and dry as these are two completely different companies, and they not, they're not interlacing it a little bit. Yeah, and maybe maybe after uh, NASCAR 21 Ignition 
flopped as hard as it did maybe maybe they went to 704 games and was like hey guys we need some help like can you please help us like we don't know what we're doing but well, it really it really irks me because motors or what is it whoever made nascar 21 ignition is the same people i believe or i was told i don't know this for a fact i need to do my homework before i spit facts like this but i thought the people that made nascar 21 ignition was the same people that make like um nba and nfl and stuff like that and they those video games are absolutely incredible holy moly like those are amazing so that's why i was so hyped on this 20 uh, nascar 21 and then when i played it i was like oh so maybe they are kind of hey you know help us and i don't know it's just weird that you you uh you predicted that last week didn't you i know i said it and then two days later i saw it on youtube that's insane that's awesome <laughs> i i Some... sure i mean i sure as heck didn't think it was actually going to happen i was like right. well, it'd be cool if we could actually just get that done because nobody's playing this new game right goes no. to the old game and update it you know i mean and and it looks like they're going to do that what makes me so. think that these two companies are interlaced a little bit here? I don't think they're completely separated. I think they're interlaced. I can't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I've not done enough research for this. But if they're not the same people under a different name or something, then they're definitely interlaced because the new NASCAR Switch game is made by the people who made Heat. It is a NASCAR Heat port with 2022 cars. That's what everybody's saying. 704. Yeah. Okay. But they've changed the paint jobs. Hmm. They, they, you know, the, what's the only good thing about 21 Ignition? That it has a way cooler paint. Uh, the paint, paint booth. booth is outstanding. Yeah, the paint booth I is I would awesome. buy that game. If it, if it went on sale for 15 bucks. I'd buy that game just to sit there and paint cars all day long. <sighs> I wouldn't touch a racetrack. But I would paint all sorts of cars on that game. Yeah. Because you can do everything. You have like 300-something layers of decals you can put on that car. Yeah. In the Heat games, it was so minimalistic. I mean, it's bare minimum what you could do. And you couldn't even choose. It's just like, at least in career mode, like you would, you know, you would Yeah, you had like a, two you could pick from after a year or two. Well, it would. you would just have to pick the sponsor. Like, if you owned your own v, like your own race team, like I, I own my own late model, and if I changed sponsors at the end of the season it'll change my paint scheme but mm -hmm. all i can do is change the colors of which part you know yeah. I, you know i can't do anything besides just change the colors it's 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 just and it takes away my favorite part of the whole game i love the creativity of it all i mean right. i'm like that in the wrestling games too the creativity stuff is my favorite part of the stuff the right. customization nascar race in 2003 Nothing on that game for me was stock. Everything was modded on that game because I created everything. I downloaded all this stuff and I created my own stuff in Photoshop. It's just, I love that about these games. And it always killed me that you really couldn't get that level of, of creativity that you could on a PC on a uh, console. Right. But Ignition gave you that. It gave you nearly, because you could create anything you wanted to with the wide range of stuff they had. I've seen it. I see the YouTube videos. It's like, man, these people are making this this Rainbow Warriors 24 perfectly. Right. It's perfect. And I was like, geez, I just I wish that I could have that in a game that was actually good. <laughs> right. As opposed to that game. But that paint job, that paint booth is going to the Switch game. Hmm. The NASCAR Heat ported 2022 season Switch game, which makes there's they're interlaced. Something's with the i don't know if they're i don't know if uh maybe one got bought out and they're now this and i mean didn't 
I racing buy one of them I, at one point. I, I racing bought did. somebody, and I think it changed it to motorsports games or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah, but I know they're making the sprint car game later. I, I, I want to say they're part of it now, but I'm not sure. Maybe, but something something about it. They're interlaced a little bit. It's they got to be right to have all that going on and to be able to talk about possibly releasing what we all want. Oh yeah, a 2022 update for heat five you know i mean i know it's impossible and they can't do this but like even if you just you never make another nascar video game leave it at nascar heat five and just give us dlc every year i am perfectly fine with that they should do that absolutely they should absolutely do that and it yeah they, you should have you shouldn't have to uh buy a brand new game every single year of a sport just for a, a roster update if nothing else has changed right Exactly. If something big has changed, like the next gen cars, you know, or you, I don't know. If new tracks are added, I understand that. But I have Wreckfest. They give me free tracks every month. Mm-hmm. There's more tracks. They just throw in on top of you. Like, oh, there's an update for Wreckfest. Cool. I'm getting a new track. Right. It, it happens all the time. It's free. The only thing I've ever bought on there is some extra cool cars for like six bucks. You know, like I got a Dodge Daytona, like a wing Dodge Daytona. So, really? Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, it came in a pack of like five or six cars. I'm like, I bought it because I want the Dodge Daytona because I thought that'd be really, really cool. And you can do some paint scheme customization on it, but not a whole lot. But anyway, that's just an interesting little thing I come up across this week with NASCAR Heat. And I'm glad you you read it, too, and you saw it. So now you don't think I'm crazy. Yeah, I, I have not <laughs> read any of that. I have not heard about that, anything. So I kind of had to do a little uh, research research on the on the show so i don't know i i hope that happens absolutely that'd be so much fun would you finally jump online for a race with me oh listen so <laughs> uh, i now i'm gonna be super transparent i take my racing video games extremely seriously like way too seriously like when i go outside i have a white rowdy energy hat like that's the only hat i wear i have three different ride rowdy energy hats just because my character in my video <laughs> has them. i bet you like that don't you oh man you can so put rowdy all over everything heck yeah but you can't put it's not a sponsor you can't put it on your on the car that's what i don't understand every other paints or every other sponsor you can put on your fire suit is a sponsor you can have in the video game on your race car rowdy i didn't notice that not. you can't put that on the car at all no it's a it's not an option I just never uh, tried, I guess. And there's some uh, some things where, like, if you, uh, like, in the late model series, at least, um, if you, you know, there's, at the end of the season, you have three options of three different sponsors paying you three different amounts of money. If you choose one, um, sometimes, like, let's say I, I'm just shooting out of the hat. Like, let's say Golden Corral. That's not one of them. Mm-hmm. But let's say I, just, I, I hit it. Uh, okay, yeah, I want Golden Corral to be my sponsor. And then all of a sudden, when you get to where you can edit the colors of your race car, all of a sudden now it says Home Depot. So you're like, oh, okay, so maybe it's a glitch. So I have tried every sponsor of every single manufacturer of every single series, and Rowdy Energy is not a sponsor on that (laughs) video game. Um, Real quick before we get away from the video games, uh, we're both PlayStation Network guys, right? Yes. If anybody was curious, we're both on PlayStation. Uh, Right. Okay, we got one more. What's the right justification for not throwing a caution for an incident at the end of a race? Because this has come off a couple of of weeks here lately where something has happened at the end of a race and a caution is not thrown. It's just kind of let them finish it out. Mm. Well... You want to go first? Me too. Well, I just kind of feel like it's there is no justification. There is like, none. There's there's no qualifying uh, 
incidents or anything like that. I mean, it's all at NASCAR's discretion. You're talking about like if, if somebody has a flat and there's three laps to go and the race is well in hand for somebody. Right. Like it's happening. Yeah. And it's a points paying race because we get, we know good and well, if it's not a points paying race, none of this matters. We saw that at the all-star race. Yeah. I feel like as long as nobody is in danger of being hurt, they're going to keep it green. Like if somebody blows a tire, but they didn't run up and smack the wall, debris all over the track, maybe they're on the bottom of the track and the tire shredding on the bottom, like by the grass or something. No cars will race down there in three laps. You know, they, they tend to let that, that, that kind of stuff go now. I I understand that and I agree with you. I I don't agree with that though with NASCAR. Like I feel like if who was it the other uh, I think it was at Gateway and they were limping really hard. Yeah, Keselowski. Was it? Yeah, it was Keselowski. I felt like that should have been a caution. I feel like if there's any sort of vehicle off the pace, you know, at a Gateway or out of Bristol or if they can't make it back to the pits safely before the cars racing at full speed can come around there needs to be a caution because you that's the thing like you absolutely never know when there's going to be a tire that you know um uh, you know goes flat and it you know your car takes off left you know or, or straight right or you know something could happen and then <laughs> now it's like a question of like whoa so that person was you know really slow on the apron and all these cars came rushing by at 200 miles an hour somebody got loose accidentally just piled drove this slow car now you're looking at a lawsuit you know what i mean and it's just not safe you know like i love nascar and i love the speed and i love the danger and all that stuff but man like it just kind of goes back to consistency like there's rules please follow the rules you know like what i mean i don't know i just the, Kes the keselowski incident was weird i did that not one like was that. weird i think that needed to be a caution for sure but I don't, I don't think it needs to be that way for every car going extremely slow around the apron, just trying to make it back to the pits. Right. But he was pretty much stopped in the grass. Yeah. So that was different. But like, like say you run out of fuel at the start finish line at Talladega. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're out of fuel. You're on the apron. You're, you're in turn three on the apron out of the way on the flat part of the apron too, like the very bottom near the grass, mm. but you're running at like 30 miles an hour, but you're going to make it. If you're going to make it, there's no, there's no need to throw caution, but you're still going 150 mile an hour slower than everybody else. Right. But and if some big wreck happens while they're passing you, Oh, I, okay. You see I'm what sorry. I'm saying? I misunderstood what you're saying. I thought you said that they were going to make it to pit road before the, the field comes back around. Oh no, they'll, they'll be, if if a pack comes by them and they're going 30 miles an hour on the apron, they still have a whole corner left to get to pit road. They're going to make it, but they're they're coasting. And the, and the pack comes by them at 190 miles an hour. There needs and to the be a big caution. one comes out. Yeah, there needs to be a caution for that. But see, you don't see that either. No, you don't. They, and that's... They, if they make it back to pit road, they if they can make it back to pit road, it seems like as long as there's no debris or oil on the track, NASCAR just lets it go. And so, that's oof, sketchy. It's... I go back and forth on it. Like that's an extreme situation that I just mentioned because yeah. not every track they're going 190 miles an hour in a pack. Right. Most tracks, if you're going, most tracks be small enough that at that point you would have already made it back to pit road. Right. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's an extreme situation. But and then there's a lot of tracks you can't get out of the way, like Bristol or something. But you can get to every pit road at Bristol in half a lap. So right. <laughs> yeah. It's everything's different. That, that's there's no right answer to it. Right. Everything is different. It's all situational. Uh, the Keselowski thing that happened a few weeks ago that was weird. 
I know we just had one blow a tire uh, in the last in the last two or three laps, and they they had a lot of uh, shredded rubber on the inside of the track near the grass. Mm-hmm. But then again, they're not racing down there. You're only down there if something bad happens. It isn't necessarily because the car is still down there. The car's making it back, and they didn't want to ruin somebody's race you could have completely changed the ending of the race if you threw a caution mm-hmm. right there i mean the guy that won could have ended up finishing crashed in 15th or something right it it's hard it's hard to go either way because at one point you're trying to be safe and at one point you're like yeah but if we do something right now we have we have we have controlled this race right we've yes. changed this race and that's what nascar doesn't want to do that sometimes sometimes yeah absolutely. it's inconsistent you're right it's just it's all inconsistent but there's no uh there's no real good answer to it all. So this weekend, we have one of my favorite tracks, Watkins Glen. I have liked this track since I was a little kid. One of the first videotapes I got from my grandmother, because I didn't have cable back in the day, was the Bo Weiser to Glen, 1993. And Mark Martin wanted to win this race when Kyle Petty and Dale Earnhardt wrecked each other going through the SS near the end of the race. And Mark Martin scooted on by in third place and went and win. But yeah, that was one of the very first tapes I ever got. And since then, I've just been a big fan. There's always some crazy stuff that happens at this race. Uh, amazing finishes. Like they battle each other the entire lap, mm-hmm. uh, usually for the for the win in this. You know, the entire last lap, they'll be back and forth on top of each other the whole time. You know, taking the lead back and forth, knocking each other out of the way. Just fun stuff with this track and sometimes you get some winners that you don't get anywhere else yeah uh what's your memories of Watkins Glen so I'm not a big fan of this racetrack to be honest with you um but I'm not a big fan of road racing you know I'm not like when I when I hear that we're going to a road course I'm just like "Mm, okay uh the only thing I remember and this is so weird this is such a weird thing I remember watching this race live and it was Boris said driving the zero one U.S. Army race Pontiac, and but it was blue. I think it was like Navy or like Air Force or something like that, National Guard possibly. And I remember Greg Biffle turned him into the guardrail going into the dog leg, and that is like every time I think of Watkins Glen, that is exactly what I think of. I don't know why. It's just random 2000, like three, 2004 mm-hmm. race. Um, little, I mean, like there was no issue with that. Like there wasn't a fight afterwards. It was just a racing deal. And uh, I don't know why that, that particular moment sticks out with me ever since. <laughs> One of the bigger moments that stuck out with me was David Rudiman. Oh, do you remember Lord. that crash? It happened. It was uh, going into the S's uh, after turn one. I forget who all was involved with that crash, but I know David Rudiman, he hit a ton. Bounced off those guardrails, flew through the air. I mean, a wild. That Aaron's car has some wild crashes. Yes, it does, actually. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I remember that. And Oh, man, it was horrible. There's another nasty one on the other end of the track with Jeff Gordon and Jeff Burton. I think Ryan Newman was involved with that, too. Uh, we're... Man, this is what this is the thing about this track. They are going so fast at this track. Yeah. I mean, this track is pretty much a wide open, come to a complete stop and turn kind of track. Yeah. And it's it's like that throughout the whole thing. Like I said last week, there's not a whole lot of technical things going on with this track. It's speed. Speed and braking. Right. Yeah. That's all this track is about. And I dig it. I, I, I like the track. I think it's uh, really interesting. And I'm glad they don't use the F1 track because there's right. a whole another extension to this that makes it like four miles. So and I'm glad they, they use this track. 
How can you think of Watkins Glen without thinking of Jimmy Johnson and the Xfinity series and the number 92 yeah. Excedrin <laughs> car losing his brakes going into turn one? Probably the, the most helpless feeling Jimmy Johnson has ever felt. That was that was gnarly too. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he had to be going about 180. Oh man. Oh, I thought yeah. he died. <laughs> they 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 put enough stuff in front of that wall. You know, he he buried that car and all that stuff, the styrofoam and the tires and everything else. They put enough stuff in that in front of that wall where he was he was fine. That adrenaline was going when he got out. Oh yeah. Uh, well, we'll have to go find <laughs> that uh, find that video and post it on my Instagram. I'm first. sure somewhere on Twitter it's going to be posted. Oh because yeah, because they do that. They post that video every single time they go to Watkins Glen. It might as well be us then. What's funny is because they never they didn't always have that sand trap there. Right. You know, to slow the cars down if they if they got off like that, they got off the track. They never had that sand trap there all the time. It was always just grass. Jimmy cleared the sand trap. <laughs> yes, she did. He flew over it, actually. Like, <laughs> that was insane. Oh, what a crash. Uh crazy moment because he wasn't even in cup yet at that point. So just like nobody knew who this dude was, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was real really relatively new, you know. And yeah, that was a crazy moment to think that he go on to be seven-time champion right so we're gonna get to our picks last week i'm gonna read right off the twitter account here uh my pick finished seventh giving me an average finish of 12.72 so i'm slowly but surely getting back up there a little bit and you're going the other way your pick yeah. ross chastain my pick by the way was uh, martin truex and no he did not win but he finished seventh i, I said he was gonna do that mm-hmm. he's gonna have a solid race yeah uh, your pick looked like he was going to win there for a lot of it, but handling went away on the car and I don't know what happened at the end of it. I guess he just could never get it back. Yeah. Uh, your pick finished 18th, Ugh. giving you an average of 10.8. So I'm just under two spots behind you now. I'm running out of time with this average stuff. So I need you to do something really bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> thank gosh. I don't have to uh, pick. Well, I, Oh, yeah, I do have Ross Chastain one more time. Gosh, dang it. Yep. <sighs> Had a road course, too. I mean, he's won one. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, my pick, how can you not pick this guy? I haven't picked him all year. Uh-oh. How can you not pick this guy when he's won the last two road courses? I don't uh, Suarez? No. Last two road courses? Oh, Elliot. Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick? Oh. <laughs> Oh His yeah! First two wins were this year, and the last two road courses we had. <laughs> Listen to be to be completely transparent with our listeners. Um, I just woke up like thirty minutes ago, so like, you know, I'm still trying to get my engine revving. <laughs> I totally forgot about Tyler Reddick. Reddick's I was, existence. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to guess it there for a second. I mean, it's a pretty well, prominent I, name right now in road course racing. I was like, wait, what? Who? Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. But I haven't picked them all year. I still got another pick with them later. Might be a Roval pick. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, cool. I'm going to go with someone who I have already picked once this season at Atlanta, which he gave me a 29th place finish. I am going with Mr. FedEx himself, Denny Hamlin. Drew Vinsel's right. favorite race car driver of all time. <laughs> I heard him say he was a fan of Chastain. Who? Drew. Oh. Drew, yeah. Drew Vinsel, yeah, our friend Drew Vinsel is a fan of Ross Chastain. He's been pulling for Chastain. Yikes! Well, more credit to him. He knows he knows who to get. 
Well, huh. well, you know what, Drew? You might be on your own on those setups I was talking about last <laughs> last week. Oh, my goodness. That's oh, a... yeah, Hamlin's much better. Yeah. Well, <sighs> he, I hope he is this week. My goodness. I, I need to get a win, man. I want another die cast. <laughs> how, uh, how, how's he done at, at Watkins Glen? Uh, not very well. I don't think he's ever won there. <laughs> oh, good pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, mine I'm... hasn't either. So, um, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. It's just, I was looking at the roster of who I could pick and who I couldn't. And I was like, man, I just, I don't know. Denny Hamlin was sticking out. Yeah. It's solid. It could be solid or it could be awful depending on how things go because he's had an up and down year. I mean, he's not very good in points right now. He's only high up there because of the, the playoff points, Mm -hmm. like the wins. But as far as like actual point standings, which, by the way, Chase Elliott's pretty much locked the midseason of the the what what do they call it regular season regular season championship. He's pretty much locked that. Yeah, he's got to finish thirty third this weekend to lock it. He has to finish thirty third or higher. Yeah. So if he finishes dead last, which is what thirty thirty ninth this thirty ninth. Yeah. yeah. So, well, we can only hope. <laughs> But then second place, whoever it is, I think Blaney, I don't know who it is. They have to uh they have to win both of those races for, for the meaning wow. thing. <laughs> but you know what's crazy and what's really fun about NASCAR is that it could absolutely happen. Like oh, look, at Kevin, look at Kevin Harvick. Last, three weeks ago, we were like, Yeah, he's done. And now he won two in a row with nobody expected it. Like Ryan Blaney could do that. It's awesome. Like that's why we have to tune in and, and watch. All right, so we're going to get out of here. This is going to end episode 18. Uh, my dog is trying to play fetch with me while I do this, so that's going to be fun. Going to shout out the uh, podcast drafting partners real quick. Uh, Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, uh, one of my go-to listens. I, I tend to just wait on it to upload every single Sunday and then start listening to it. They were late this Sunday, and it kind of you know stressed me out. Um, <laughs> hey, when they're like four or five hours late, you're like, what's happening? What's, what's going on? When was the last time they missed one, you know? Is everything okay? I'm yeah. texting Jeff. How are you man? <laughs> Drunk Wrestling History, uh, Side Project, and Scott uh, Scott from Fully, po- Fully Posable is actually part of that. Really fun listen. Doing the Favor with uh, Eric and Barry. Uh, not really going right now. Hopefully pretty soon. But go back and check out their last, uh, their past podcasts. It's a really good show. Positive Pro Wrestling Podcast, another really fun one for, for me. They uh, always dive into some uh, shows and topics that are really unique, really kind of nostalgic to a sense because it's always stuff I grew up with. Right. And I love hearing all the, all the uh, reviews of all this old stuff that I haven't watched or even thought about since I was a kid. Uh, A really good NASCAR podcast is lap traffic podcast. I go deep into the uh, interview side of it and a lot deeper. And even we go into it. We're, we are, we try our best to go deep into nascar but at the same time we're like how 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 much do we want to dwell into it yeah you know i mean how technical do we want to get we'll throw out little bits of information about like that and it's stuff like that once in a while but why would why would we do that you know let's try to make it enjoyable for everybody if you can't find us enjoyable talking about nascar because you don't know anything about what we're talking about then you're not going to ever get into it exactly but this podcast is more of a niche thing and uh they go deep into the uh, interviews and technical aspects of the sport and really fun. Listen, uh, they don't, 
I don't think they shout out us. This is just something I picked <laughs> up and just trying to spread the word on a good show. Yeah, I was I was actually just about to ask, like, do they even know that we exist? I think they know we exist, but they don't shout or show out or anything. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Jason Wolf is a really, really good artist. I've had several things done through him as far as commissions go. I'm uh, getting uh, you. You can do your contest thing if you want to, and you uh, you get your your list going here. Yeah. But uh, we also did that on Twitter. I saw I saw who won it. Um, I got a uh, spark plug Bob Holly coming pretty soon. He's just yes. finishing it up now. I can't wait. I don't know how much I'm going to order from him from this month from the chop shop for his custom Hasbro's, but you know, it is what it is. I got that Holly coming though. I can't wait. It's going to look really good on the Hasbro shelf and, uh, outsider spirit Co. run by big underscore Bane, who does our intro music. He also has new music of his own. Go check him out on Google, uh, Google play, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Look up his name, Bane, B A Y N. And you can see his new album. I forget what it's called. Do you know what it's called off the top of your head? Um, no, I don't. And I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. because I know he's got a single called Stone Cold. Yeah. And that's a really good song. Oh, man. It's such a good song. Um, gosh dang it. Now you're going to make me. Well, I'm on airplane mode right now, so I can't. No, that's fine. But (laughs) Um, I'm on airplane mode too. We'll have it for you next week for sure. Go check out their podcast. He'll say the name of it. Absolutely. I know he will. If you look up Stone Cold by Bane, you're going to see the name of the album. Just listen to it all. It's it's really good stuff. Uh, I just don't usually remember album names. Uh, he also runs OutsidersBeardCo.com. Really good products as far as beard oils, beard balms, and scented candles, things like this. I use, I use those products on uh, a daily basis and love them. Love them all. I need to get some more scents, honestly, but summer's winding down, so I might just go right back into the fall scents I have already. Uh, who you got over there, Ethan? Yeah, for sure. Talking about Breaker and Bane, I uh, got Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. One professional wrestler and one rapper, friends since the seventh grade, get together and talk everything movies, comics, professional wrestling, and anything that makes you say WTF. Uh, then we have, uh, you know, it's fake, right? Where Brian Breaker goes in depth conversation with professional wrestlers, referees, managers, fans, and anyone that has pro wrestling ties for interactive and insightful conversations. Uh, you and I have both been on that, and it's love that show. You know, just kind of sitting here, just waiting for my invite. That's okay. I'd love <laughs> to come back. And Bane, Bane was the guest this week, so he's. I think that I think he's been on three times. So. I've only been on once, Brian. Maybe we should change that. We only live three hours away. Um, <laughs> uh, no Holds Barred with Bill Benis, um, where, you know, get ready for some No Holds Barred action with your host, the legendary Bill Benis and his co-host, Bane, as they bring you the most insightful pro wrestling podcast of all time. Bill Benis is such a legend. I absolutely love that man. Um, they actually went and, and had a little bit of conversation about that on this week's episode of uh, You Know It's Fake, right? So definitely got to check that out. Speaking of legends, of hey, course. Hold on just a sec. Yeah. Um, have you been listening closely to the last few episodes of the Power Hour? I, I, I think so, yeah. Have you noticed the little technical things they've had going on lately? Like how they'll hear something, but they don't know where it's coming from in the mics. Oh, or on the, it's like there's a ghost caller on or something like that. And then this past week, 
uh, Bane stopped dead sentence what he's doing. It's like, Mick, my micro- microphone just farted like that. And Breaker's like, yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. I think Bill Venus is coming through. Do you think? I think Bill Venus is hacking them. Do you think? Oh, I thought you meant. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. I took a complete left on that. <laughs> I thought you meant like you thought Bill Venus died. And no, he was like haunting I think, them. <laughs> I think he's listening in on the call. I think he's hacking them a little bit. No way. That's what think I so? think. I think so. It's like a weekly thing. All of a sudden, they're having all these little issues. I think Bill Venus is um, popping his head up in the in, oh. in, in, in their space a little bit. Listen, if you, you know what? I think you might be right. Because oh my gosh, I I don't know. Just something's 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 nagging at me about that. Anyway. I want to be the first one to put that out there because I've never heard, I haven't heard anybody say that yet. I think that's an amazing take. And I think you just, whoa, that's crazy. You just kind of opened an, an entire door there for a second. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, no, I mean, Bill Venus is a legend. You know, he'll be back. But speaking of uh, legends, we got Tales from the Estate uh, with Drew Vinsel and his wife, Caitlin, as they take you on a magical trip to, uh, full of gut-busting laughter, head-scratching random facts, and their top five favorite things. You know, we need to come up with a top five for them. You know, since they come up with questions for us, we should probably come up with like a top five for them to discuss. We'll have to ponder on that for a little bit. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> you know, um, pulling up a chair uh, with a chair shot. Tim, our friend on Twitter, a podcast spotlighting anyone who loves wrestling figures, including customizers, creators, collectors, and anyone that's actually in the business. Uh, also, making their uh, triumphant return is TV Toycast with Brian Breaker and Travis Fowler. I don't have their ad read, um, so I'll get that next week, but <laughs> go listen to them. Uh, this week, they talked about Austin Powers toys and action figures. Um, I know Drew Vinsel is going to be really happy about that. Uh, also, Rowdy Energy, the official energy drink of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. Uh, please rate and review and follow us on all our social media accounts. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at In the Marbles Pod, and you can also find us on Facebook. You can email the show anytime, any question you want, at In the Marbles Pod at gmail.com. And also, check out whatamaneuver.net. There is a uh, search by store tab in the top left corner of the page. And if you scroll down to In the Marbles, you'll find our t-shirts there. It's a great way to support the show. If you're, if you're really wanting to do that, we'd appreciate it. And um, before we get out of here, uh, you got anything you want to add? Uh, last week, we we did like a really simple layup giveaway. I've, you know, who, who was spark plug or, or whatever it was <laughs> pretty, I'm really surprised that nobody, you know, like it took Joe that long, you know, cause Joe had to work and stuff. So, you know, he got, he got around to it a little bit late, but I was really surprised that nobody reached out to us about that, but congratulations to my friend Joe, um, on Twitter. I think his handle is demon killer 93 i believe uh but yeah he's he has won every giveaway contest we have we've done so far uh congratulations yeah so uh other than that <laughs> um this week you know don't get chastained uh peace love and all the above don't get chastained what in the <laughs> world i mean you know you never know
I hope your driver does. I hope Hamlin does. I'm just letting you know. I hope he does too, honestly. <laughs> I hope that bus stop is awful for Hamlin Ooh. all race long. Yeah. That's what they call the inner loop nowadays, the bus bus stop. The bus stop, yep. That's so stupid when they call it the bus stop. Anyway, anyway, uh, with that being said, uh, we'll see you next time in the marbles.